Some viewers may find the following disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Jeff Joyner. You might know me as Coaster Dad or Logan's Dad from Coaster Kids. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Skylar from Coaster Kids and Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, this is Hunter from Thrills United, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey guys, it's Logan from Coaster Kids, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Tyler. I'm a Coaster Kids ambassador, and, and you're, you're listening to the Coaster, Coaster Challenge Podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can dry up all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please, secure your hats and glasses, and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your hosts, Kim Dykes. Hello everyone, this is Kim, line producer of the Coaster Challenge podcast, and I have my most unique interview ever for you this evening. Throughout my time on the podcast, I have spoken with park officials, YouTubers, social media influencers, and enthusiasts for near and far. With that being said, one thing I haven't done is interview my own family. I am honored to sit down with my son, Jay Dykes, a coaster enthusiast and write-off that has one incredible story to share. Thank you for talking with me, son, and welcome to the podcast, Jay. Hello, everybody. What's going on? Thank you. It's an honor. Well, you're my son, and I know you extremely well. I don't want to spoil the surprise for our audience. Please share some things about yourself with our audience to help them get to know you better. Okay. Well, like she said, my name's Jay. I'm 17 years old. I'm currently in my junior year of high school, about to graduate junior year. I'm a coaster enthusiast. I share the same passion my mom does. We travel around to amusement parks every summer. And I will be going into my second season as a write-off at Kentucky Kingdom for the 2023 season. A few things about me. I like to play video games from time to time. I like to or gotta lift the weights. I'm big in the fitness. And the job I want to do as an adult is do law enforcement. That's just a little bit about me. Well, those were all things that I knew, but I'm sure some of those were very little known facts to others that don't know you as well. So thank you for sharing that with our audience. I'm sure they're very excited to hear your story. Now, you know, we did a family interview a couple of years ago where it was me, Jay, and my daughter before I joined the podcast, but that interview was very different in nature from the one we're about to have this evening. We're going to start with the typical roller coaster time traveler, the way we, all of our interviews start, Jay. So this first part of the interview, we're basically going to be traveling back in time 
through your history of riding coasters. And then we'll fast forward to 17-year-old Jay, where you are today, and things that you're looking forward to in the future. So let's enter the time traveler and get rolling. Our first question is, what was your very first coaster? Great Pumpkin Coaster at Kings Island. Okay. And you know, Kings Island has been our home away from home for a long time. That's one of the joys I've had (laughs) through experiencing coasters with you is bringing the joy that Kings Island brought to me as a child to you. It's just been an absolute ton of fun. And the memories are something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. Out of all the coasters you've ridden, let's let's talk for a minute. What is your coaster count? I know mine's at 355. Mine would be 352. Okay. So I remember back when you first started riding coasters or actually back when we first started going to Kings Island, you were literally scared of everything. Before we get to our next question, would you please share with our audience, you know, what that was that made you so scared and what life was like for you when you were younger? So just to put it out there, I have a disability called autism. It's high functioning. That's the variant of the disability I have. It was hard for me back then. I was scared of loud noises. I was just scared of animals and stuff, my surroundings. I was just very sensitive and just had a lot of fear in me. And the thing that scared me about roller coasters was the height was very intimidating. That's pretty obvious. And then I just had the fear of, I had the GP fear falling out. And it was just scary overall. I didn't, I didn't know at the time how safe roller coasters really were. I remember taking you to amusement parks when you were little with your sister and, um, you would watch your sister ride little kitty rides and even be afraid of those. The fact that you've now ridden 352 coasters <laughs> to me is nothing short of incredible. Speaking of scary things, looking back on all of those coasters you've ridden, what would you say is the one that scared you the most the first time you rode it? You were there for me with this one, Fear 325. We did that. When again, it, we were, it was very scary. So at the time, in 2016 at King's Dominion, um, I started trying to build my way up with roller coasters. I think I did Grizzly. I liked it afterwards. Same thing with the racing coaster. It's called Racer 75, but its old name was Rebellion. It's the racing coaster. It's very similar to Racer at King's Island. And then after that, 20. 20- 17 yeah that was the year 2017 at holiday world um i rode raven i was too scared to ride legend i was too scared to ride voyage but god worked his little magic made a storm happen and we made a return trip there shortly after that i did legend and that boosted my courage and confidence to do voyage and after i rode voyage for the first time it really showed me just i could do it and it really showed, it comes to show that some of the best coasters make a wake-up call sometimes. And what it did was that very next season of 2018, when we went to King's Island, I told my mom I was ready to conquer Diamondback for the first time. My first ever 200-footer and B&M hypercoaster. 
I was in line, nervous by myself. Then out of the nowhere, my mom gets the courage to come ride with me. The front seat, we were nervous. But then after that, we realized we can do this. And we rode it three times that day, I think. Rode yeah. once with my mom or once with my dad. Then rode one more time with my mom that later that evening. And then 2019 was the break point. That's when I met Costa Kids, and the Costa community was introduced to me the first time that year. My parents made a surprise trip for me in 2019 at Carowinds. Fury was something I've been wanting to ride for a long time, but I didn't realize how truly big it was So I first saw it in real life. But I just said to myself, we drove seven hours, let's do it. And I got to say, it was one intimidating experience at first. Now, I wasn't that nervous. I was excited, but the thing that intimidated me was I never saw anything that tall. Man, it was crazy when I got to the top because I never knew it was like being that high before. And after that, I felt so great. It really just showed me, again, I can do anything. Absolutely. Was that crazy feeling at the top of that drop for the first time as crazy as your response was to that ride? You remember in the car when you saw it for the first time? The voice crack, we don't, the legendary voice crack. Like when I saw Fury the first time, I yelled it to him. My voice was so high pitched at the time. I was like 13 years old. I thought yeah. he'd won a million dollars when he saw Fury for the first time. That yeah. was a moment I will never forget. Yeah, now I'm 17, so we can't really compare to when I was 13 now. You know, it's interesting that you shared that. We've shared every coaster experience there is to share together in some way, shape, or form. And you remember when we went to Carowinds for the first time? Gosh, I didn't even let go on the drop of Fury one time. I remember we rode six times on that first trip. And chickened out and left and didn't even get night rides the first time. <laughs> my level of fear, I put my hands up, but it wasn't right away. It was like at the bottom of the drop. And That's here's what I funny, here's the funny thing. Here's how good Fury is for those of you who haven't ridden it. Let's keep in mind that this is these are the circumstances. I never rode a get rode a giga before, anything that big, and I was nervous. Mm -hmm. It was so good. I put my hands up throughout the entire ride. And I at the at least when my fear was and my anxiety was at the time. I don't usually do that. I usually would hold on back then. And yeah, I asked my mom to get night rides, but no, they decided uh -huh. to leave that night. I'm like, come on. And, <laughs> I can't believe and then, I did that. And then in 2021, we go back, and then I'm like, Mom, we could have gotten night rides in 2019. What were y'all thinking? <laughs> That's when we finally learned to ride Fury the right way. The and giga um, way. the giggle way. Hands up, feet out. Oh, Orion. and don't forget, you weren't just holding on, you were riding stapled. Yeah, I was like this. It's like very stiff, okay? Very stiff. Looked up. I didn't get to enjoy the view at all. <laughs> okay, one good view on that rise at the top. You can see downtown Charlotte. You can see the metro area and everything from the top of there. Let alone from downtown Charlotte, you can see Fury as well, or at least somewhere on that freeway there. You can see it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that prepared us to ride Gigas and Hypers the right way. It was 2020. We went to King's Island all the time, rode Ryan all the time. So we started figuring out various ways to ride Gigas. It was, it's kind of cool. Yeah, me. Yeah, and who would have thought back on those first rides in 2019, 
we were stapled and hanging on like that the sole reason we would return to Carowinds yearly now is to do the infamous Fury Marathon. That's yes. something we're now committed to. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when each year we go. Because I think this year, 2023, it's important we go. Because let's not forget to mention, this year's Carowinds' 50th anniversary. So we got to go for that yeah. one. We got to ride Fury on Carowinds' 50th. You know, that's pretty iconic. I know Carowinds is at the same level of a park as Kings Island, but it's a park. It's at a very important year for the park for it's for it being its 50th anniversary. Yep. Now going back to that infamous first ride on Fury, I remember very well how I was feeling. How were you feeling when we first approached the station and you realized that first ride was about to happen? I was admiring the Rod's Plaza and everything. I was impressed to finally see the plaza and everything because Fury does have one of the best plazas. Yes, Orion may have the better theming at the end of the day, but these people who talk about how Fury's theming isn't that good, it's honestly, I think Carolyn's did a great job with the theming, like that iconic sign. Yeah, like the hive symbol shapes. They put those yes. all over the place. It really just makes you feel as if you're about to take on the real speed of a hornet, except I think fear goes faster than an actual hornet. I don't know. But anyway, I was impressed with that, and I was impressed with those infamous lifthill speakers. Hopefully maintenance fixes those in the offseason because they've been very quiet and unhearable lately. But anyway, um, <laughs> fear, no, I'll tell you this. They were so loud. You could hear them from a distance when it was going up the lift hill. You could hear it from a distance. Yes. So we were going up. I wasn't just surprised to see something that big because at the time, Kings Island did not have Orion yet. This was 2019, not to remember. And then when we got to the station, I was like, oh, my God, this is surreal. And then um, we did front seat. And after that. I didn't really say anything. I just had anxiety. I was just like, all right, it's happening. Let's see what this thing can do. And then uh, it was crazy. You could just hear the love fill speakers blasting your ears. That was the part that actually calmed me down on the way up was those love fill speakers. Because with my autism, and there's a friend of ours, Jane Nicka, she enjoys, enjoys those speakers as much as I do. It's so fun. It's just so fun when you hear them just putting themselves out there. It's just like rare safety. It's just very satisfying in that little dramatic theme noise that like enters the speaker sequence and exits the speaker sequence. Yeah, we were actually talking this year after we went to Carowinds back on, it was December 29th. That's the date we went back in 2022 for our, actually our second visit to Carowinds of the season. Where said so we were going to start a GoFundMe to fix Fury speakers <laughs> because it just I'm like what it's the, it's the same but it's different on most gigas like Orion you're just going to be used to listening to people talking listening the wind picking up faster as you climb higher Fury it just doesn't feel the same because you're so used to the speakers always triggering as soon as the lift hill speeds up. It's just when they're not there, it just we didn't even agree with me. That's the only Giga that actually feels different without the speakers. Like it just feels like it's missing something. Yeah, the speakers just help build the momentum up the hill before well, the drop. 
So they I'm really hoping speakers. I'm really hoping that they increase the volume again. And I agree too. I mean, I remember it was surreal going through that fury line for the first time. Everything just felt like a dream. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually seeing this, you know, the sign. And I thought, I still love seeing the, uh, you know, the hive and feeling the texture of the hive when we're in the station Mm -hmm. in the line queues. I've always got to reach down and touch it. That's just for some reason, one of those (laughs) satisfying. Oh yeah. It feels like it feels so nice. Like it, it just has a good feeling to it. I remember as much as I was admiring it and I was in awe, my palms were sweating. My throat was so dry. I felt like I could drink a gallon of water. I wasn't breathing right, and I was absolutely scared to death. <laughs> but at the same time, I really Before wanted to do it. All right, yeah, and you know what would have been a nice inspiration? You know, let's take a verbal trip down to King's Alley. You know those that soundtrack for Orion and its plaza area where, like, Flood of Fear is? Yes. They should do it on the left till like, when the person says, like, hold red and then just start the left till sound noise on the way up that would be such a good sequence that really would be so after you got off fury and you finally felt the sting of fury 325 how did you feel when you got off that coaster i just screamed i was like oh my god that was awesome let's do it i was like let's do that again and mom was like yeah i love that she basically got the same reaction to me and you know we did it again. They did it another time after. And then I think after that, we went to write our stuff. That came back later that evening. And then, obviously, we had a second date, Carowinds. Funny story. So, I have a younger sister named Molly. She was at Carowinds on us in that visit. She didn't expect the ride fear. She just wanted to go because she knew how much I wanted to do it. She just wanted me to be happy at the time. But I don't know if other Cedar Fair Parks have this as of now. But Carowinds has these, like, math rulers they use with the hike stick to get a very technical measurement if you're tall enough or something. That worked out with her on Intimidator, so we rode that. And then later that day, she rode Fury for the first time, too. And what was weird that first day before, she said the testing was green. At the time, I didn't have enough common sense to know that that she was good. But, yeah, everyone got to experience Fury that trip. Once you experience it, you want to experience it again. Absolutely. And yeah, the funniest part of that story with his sister, Lily, is she rode Fury before she rode Diamondback at Kings Island. So that's something we got a good laugh about after the fact. Oh, yeah. So thinking back to after those first rides on Fury, I remember, well, we had six rides that trip, and those are... Those are GP numbers for us when you look at our numbers of rides and our marathons these days. Did it impact your life after riding the coaster? And if it did, how did it impact your life? I guess the only way it really impacted my life or showed me I could ride that much bigger of coasters now. But in terms of outside life, it wasn't there just yet. It just wasn't hitting the impact outside life. Just okay. get, just amusement parks. It's all it was at the time, really. I totally get that because, you know, it's taken me years of doing this 
overcoming fear and facing fear to really start to see the impacts that it's had on my life over time. Yeah. It's like a timeline. It really is. And it doesn't happen all at once. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm able to do this now and I'm not afraid anymore. I have to throw science in here, but it's like a timeline. If there's like a crisis or an apocalypse about to happen, it's not going to have any real effect until the worst gets there. Like, for example, the timeline, it's just signs. There's no effect. There's nothing happening. But once and it's that middle of the timeline where stuff starts actually happening, that's where you see the results. Yes. Is when the physical image is actually occurring and there's it's taking effect on people. I completely agree. Just like how this impacted our lives. It took time. Okay. So now we're going to talk about some crazy stuff. And oh this, my goodness. <laughs> this is going to be fun. All the trips we've taken, all the coasters we've ridden. Oh, the marathons, the event. Oh, my gosh, the stories that be, could be told. Some are more appropriate for Sherry than others, that's for sure. Out of all the crazy moments you've had with me, with friends, in amusement parks, on coasters, what would you say has been your absolute craziest moment ever? I'd have to say first time I talked to Jacks here, really. That is the second most nervous moment I've had behind Fury. Fury just had the edge. What made this so crazy? We're not going to talk about how you looked at Top Hill Jackson. Oh, it doesn't look that much show than Fury. <laughs> like, we're not going to talk about that. And you actually get on, you're like, holy moly, it's so tall. Yeah, I <laughs> thought I was going to die once I was okay. in the seat. So I knew about the ride. I knew what to listen for. I knew it was going to launch. So I was prepared for it. Like, it's mm-hmm. one of those things, if you're still getting used, if you're over roller coasters, you have to be, I think personally where I was, if you have anxiety and you never experienced stratas like that, you have to be mentally prepared for it if you want to actually have expectations on what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. And what I did was at the time, I was so nerdy, I would just watch Toy Ryan's videos. Toy Ryan makes some really good problematic coaster videos, actually, and that's where I learned a lot about stratas was the Top Doll Jackson and Keen to Cobb problematic video that taught me a lot. He has a he he has a bunch of huge knowledge. So shout out to him. So after I learned about that, it was our first time. Me and my sister took front seat on their green train. I don't know what number of train it is because I'm not right off there. But when we got there, we were the second train, so we got like visually see it launch. So that it it was just so perfect of timing. Front seat, we got to see the train in front of us launch first. The entire we got to experience that entire sequence there. So when we got there, um, I and I just when we stopped and the thing went arms down, head back, and hold on. And I I just said I can't believe this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. I was a little shaky. I was holding on tight. As soon as the cable released the train back a little bit for the fins to go down, I was like, Mom, oh my God, here we go. And then after that, it launched, and I was just speechless and breathless. I was just like, "This was my exact. This was my exact noise." I mean, I went, "Whoa!" <laughs> 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 kind of like 
like a rock. Kind of like a rocket ship when it's um, rumbling back down the earth. Yeah. No, it's like, and then um, when the sun was brought out that day, so I can't even get the top till the train actually went over top. And I just saw my, I was like, oh my God. I was like, God, is that you? I literally yelled that. <laughs> I'm like, God, is that you? And then, and then when I get on top, I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> and then we go back down. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, I love that. I'm doing it again. That's why it was my favorite coaster at the time. Yes. And my count was very low. So bear, bear with me, Thuzies out there. <laughs> Please don't be critics too hard now. But <laughs> after that, I just loved it. It was just insane. And then mom got to try the front seat. It was just, it was great. That's one of the things when I've told the story of me being able to face my fear for the first time on Top Thrill Dragster that I've shared many times is you would force me. You would literally make me sit down and watch those POVs of Top Thrill Dragster over and over and over again. I mean, I had, you made me memorize like every sound, every the movement, sequence. The, the sequence. But I'll yeah. tell you, that is what saved me when I was actually on the ride for the first time. Was being mentally prepared. And now and knowing, okay, as soon as the train rolls back, we're getting ready to go. So I had some clue as to when to expect the it's, launch. It's the rollback and the hiss of the fins going yeah. down just so it has that room to launch. And I honestly think I might have passed out had I not known when to expect that because my anticipation of that launch was literally off the charts through the roof i've yeah. never had anxiety that high the first time very much like you after we wrote it the first time had to keep on doing it and i saw you all putting your hands up on the launch so i had to keep writing till i could do that too and speaking of el toro ryan Something interesting you might want to check out. I just saw a video of his today where he discusses the potential layout expansion of the newly reimagined Top Thrill Dragster that is heavily rumored that's coming. I, I think and he doesn't share videos like that unless he considers his sources to be quite reliable. So you might want to check that well, out. I will admit, Elton Ryan's very wise. Anything he predicts, it's either the product or it was close to being yep. the actual product. So, yeah, take a look at that video. You'll enjoy it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then years later, came to cautious a piece of cake, and we're just like, oh, another strata. <laughs> it was like no big deal at all. It was like a walk oh, in the park. I put my incredible. hands up, and then um, my mom finally put her hands up. We were better and braver at it in 2021, and we were we actually lucked out. We got night rides in 2021 right before its first yes. version closed down. I was so happy to get a night ride in the very front row, which was just one of those things I've been wanting. Now, me and my friend, we were we were hoping to get a rollback that day. Oh, and here's the annoying part. We actually almost got a rollback, but it didn't happen. Like, there's this train that's a few trains ahead of us that rolled back four times in a row. And then we go, we almost rolled back, but hopefully we'll get a roll back one day. You know what? I think the best rollback would be on Velocicoaster because going through that launch, it 
rolls a little bit back through that turn there that transitions into the launch. Yeah. That'd be a good rollback. It'd be epic as well. I think a rollback on anything at this point. Speaking of 2021, you know, that's another story I've shared too with uh, several of the guests that I've interviewed. I remember that night on those night rides, I wanted to stay back at Still Vengeance. And you insisted that we go in that trip with night rides on Top Thrill Dragster. And I'm now looking back and I'm very grateful that we did that. Yeah, be because... grateful that your son knocked some sense in you. <laughs> yeah, who would have known that was our last opportunities right. to ride back. the Top Thrill Dragster in the form that it was in. <laughs> definitely things worked out for a reason. Okay, awesome. so now we're going to start talking about your goat coaster list. Oh, the, the greatest of all time coasters and the worst of all time up, coasters and all of that in between. I'll actually pull up my list on log ride right now, my top 10, so I can give you accurate answers. Out of all 352 coasters you've ridden, I know there is an absolute number one favorite goat coaster that you absolutely love. I know the answer. But I'm not telling the secret. Please share with our audience what is your number one goat coaster? Aranguazi at Bush Garden, Tampa, in Tampa, Florida. And what do you love about Aranguazi? What sets it apart from all the rest? I just feel like it differs in terms of like detail, what it was meant to be, and just overall what it does because it's the entire park. They're just, they've themed all their rides to wildlife. And I think Iron Grazi was a big hitter with that, with it being similar to a crocodile. I really like the key line, just like, because like one part of it, it kind of goes over Iron Grazi's pre-section before the lift. It's just kind of nice to watch it. And if you like to get shots, definitely some good angles. And I really like the key line after that, because um, part of the key line goes over one of the sides to the original old racing wooden coaster that spot um and what i like about the on-ride experience i just like the anticipation just sitting down and the front car is amazing like when you're in the front row you're not just admiring the ride experience per se but you can admire the front car like that is one of the best designs right there it truly makes you feel like it's some wild alligator just going everywhere and then what i really like about iron Guazi is so I'll start off. So you leave the station and that little dip down there, if you have enough room and you're in the back seat, it yanks you up out of your seat a little bit. And then after that, you hit the lift. And then after that, I was just thinking about, oh, my God, I'm actually on this. This is crazy. And then after it gets to the top, it no other RMC does this, to my knowledge, besides Iron Rattler back in the day. But um. It slows down, so it really starts building your anticipation right now and then. Once I hit that drop, I'm going to be honest with you. Some people say there's not a difference in 91 and 90 degrees, but you can feel the difference. You really do. Because you start to notice you're going a little bit past 90 degrees right then and there. What I really like about it is right off the bat of the drop, it takes you flying out of your seat with some cool head chopper moments. And then when it's running fast enough and you gray out a little bit, not like a Timonair 305 gray out, but 
just a gray out. It happened to me all the way through there till I exited the Outer Banks. So what it does is it goes so low. The drop goes so low into a ditch. You're like so close to the ground. It feels pretty cool going at fast to me, not close to the ground. Then after that, you go into an Outer Bank. And then my experience on the Outer Bank, it was amazing. It just... And you can see Sheikra a little bit if you look far enough. And it just feels great. And then a random twist right under some other head choppers. And then I was like, oh, my God, here it comes. The most anticipated parts. The ultimate alligator death roll. And, man, it did not disappoint. It really didn't. Front seat, it's about as good as front seat. It's it. It's about there with the Mosasaurus room. Back row is what gives it the edge, though. It's yes. a random, it's a random pull, yank, and twist in one. It's just, it's a random movement that it does. And then after that, so the overbank, right? You yes. go into it, it's a really good overbank, but the exit, the exit out of it is what makes it a good element. It like kind of throws you out your seal a little bit and throws you from left to right side of motion, and then. After that, you go into the wave turn. And that wave turn is so powerful. If you're sitting in the, you make sure you have stuff right here, the left back seat, you get yes. so strong. And that and the trust left, the trust left support for Gwazi, you get a great head chopper moment from that right there. And then after that, you boost upwards, twisting, and it's that's a strong moment. And then another wave turn, the strong moment. And then after that, you go into the stall. And as small as a stall is, it's actually a stall. It threw me it threw me on my seat. It just seems like all these other stalls, like in Goliath, just felt like it was just missing something. And then after that, there's a little slight outer bank twist before the, the trick track double up. That is a very strong moment. At that point, if you don't have strong thighs, it's going to hurt your thighs. And then after that, there's a random pull from the airtime hill. And you just feel like, you're just like, whoa. And then after that, fast turn to the break run. And that's your ride. And at the end, I was speechless. I was freaked out. I was like, what just happened? I completely agree, especially with the speechless part. There's only two roller coasters that have gotten that have gotten me out of breath. Like, legitimately out of breath. Voyage and Iron Gwazi. Iron Gwazi was the only, the second one that's ever done that for me. So just to clarify, you're, what I'm hearing is you love the view that the front row of Iron Gwazi gives, but you prefer the back for the intensity. Is that correct? Back row left? They're both almost just as good, but the back row, I think, is the row. Now, just very briefly, there's, you know, a big debate between, you know, is Iron Gwazi better or Still Vengeance better? you know, amongst enthusiasts. What sets Iron Gwazi apart from Still Vengeance for you? Yes, Still Vengeance is a longer duration. But, however, Iron Gwazi packs more of a punch than Still Vengeance. Here's why. Still Vengeance... I'm going to compare, I'm going to go off of this on a good day, so I'm not holding any bias here towards Iron Gwazi. Um, Steel Vengeance, it's really good on a good day, that first half especially, it's just relentless, it's awesome. 
Here's where stuff starts to slip. That mid-course brake run ruins the ride very hard sometimes. And I've experienced it trimmed and untrimmed. So don't worry, guys. Trimmed, you're basically screwed for the second half. Like, the first half yeah. is basically your ride. Mm -hmm. But, however, when it's not trimmed, it's a really good ride. Like, really. Really, it is. I have it at my number two. It's a really good ride. It really is. That second half blew my mind away. Blew my mind away because I didn't like it for a while. I didn't because I just didn't find a point in a type. And in 2022, I come back. Where I really I enjoyed it this summer. And then, then we go back and fall. I'm like, hey, I'm looking really forward to running Steel Vengeance again. That entire trip, to my knowledge, I don't think there were any trim setting. Did you, did you notice any trim setting? No. Okay. Um, and that's actually what moved it up to my number three. Yeah, we after just our really, last trip. We got the truly experience by people just they really like it, and then it's just it's really good airtime moments. But there's at the end of the day, you're just like me. I'm just like I feel like Iron Gwazi. It just has more. And now now we're on the Iron Gwazi. It's a shorter ride, but it's much more fast. It's much more. It's much more to take in than Seal Vengeance. Seal Vengeance, you can. It's insane, but you can kind of forget the idea and process of what's happening. I'm Gwazi, and some <laughs> of the time you don't even know what you're going through. You don't no. even know what you don't even know what the grab what Earth's gravity is putting you through with that amount of force. And Iron Gwazi, just in all aspects, besides duration, okay? We're not counting duration in this. But every other aspect, it tops it. Intensity, airtime, pacing. Yes, yeah, Steel Vengeance is good, but there are some parts where the pacing, I'm not really a critic, but and for getting technical here, the pacing just isn't executed as fast as Iron Gwazi. Like, yes, Steel Vengeance is good pacing when it's running good at its best. But Iron Gwazi just has has it better. Okay, thank you for clarifying that. And real quick, just to go back to something you said earlier. You know, there's another great source of conversation amongst enthusiasts. Which is the better inversion? The Mosasaurus role or the death role? And if I heard you correctly, you said you prefer the Iron Gwazi death roll. What makes that better for you than the Mosasaurus roll? Okay. Before I start, I'm just going to start off by saying the Iron Gwazi death roll is not like easily better than the Mosasaurus roll. It's literally like a slight better, really. You got to okay. like really think about the differences there. Like which one does each one offer? What's the entrance to it before then? I'll start with the Mosasaurus from Velocicoaster because Velocicoaster is also really good at coaster. It's not a bad ride at all. What I like about the Mosasaurus from on Velocicoaster is it's kind of surprising. It's like at second half a lot of force, then the speed hill doesn't really do anything, and then out of nowhere, this is the royally inverted injector because of the profiling of the roll. And and you're over water and everything, it throws you. And it feels good. But the thing that Iron Gwazi has slightly better is I feel like it just, the gravity likes to throw you a bit more. And not just that, you're not looking at that water. You have a bunch of supports and head choppers. So it just, 
It feels like a movie scene of an earthquake and you're flying a plane through buildings and everything and you're not hitting anything. It just feels seamless and crazy. Yes, and the thing that makes me prefer the death roll over the Mosasaurus roll is just when you're trapped inside all of that insanity, it just feels to me like I'm kind of stuck in time, like it goes on for much longer than it actually does. And the Mosasaurus roll, while it's incredible, just feels really quick. So very quickly, while we're talking about goat coasters, you said you pulled up your top 10. What are your top 10 coasters? Okay. Don't criticize me. This is all just opinions. Yep. I know there's people out there who think you have to be around everything, but but just remember, guys, this is just an opinion. Don't come criticizing me on social media, please. We're going to start at 10, though, to make things interesting. Number 10, the September's, my favorite GCI. Nine is a controversial one, but my my Kentucky Kingdom friends and ride operators, you'll understand what I mean. Storm Chaser. Now, I had to really explain to my mom the difference between Twisted Timbers and Storm Chasers. Storm Chasers are first gen, so it's not going to have that smoother experience with the wheel axles that Twisted Timbers does. I just really like it it's a crazy ejector. All right, next one, Twisted Timbers. I really like it because it's a longer ride. It does just as much power as Storm Chaser, but longer. Um, I thought Storm Chaser was better until I went to Winterfest and rode Twisted Timbers. Seven, Pantheon. You get one, you get a rollback for free. No hard work earned. Um, that inverted ejector really makes it stand out there. And the theming to Five Roman Gods, you know, it's just, it's good. Six, Intimidator 305. Uh, all I have to say is pure insanity. Great drop with ejector. Um, huge gray out the bottom uh, throughout the rest of the ride. Just every time and graying out, that's pretty much it. <laughs> And then five, Jurassic World Velocicoaster. Uh, great theming. What I really like is like, it's like the first half warms you up, and the second half's like, all right, game's on. Uh, four. Bear with me on this one, guys. Just an opinion. Remember that. Four, Fear 325. It's just pure speed. I don't care if there isn't as much airtime as is some of these other coasters, but it's just. It's pure speed sequence. Uh, and when the airtime happens, it's strong. And it's just the night ride's great. It just, it feels awesome. That's all it is. It's just, it's awesome. That's all it is, really. Three, the Voyage at Holiday World. Reasons here are I got to say Shimmer's Voyage at Hollywood Nights. And yes, me and my mom will be coming back there to that event this year. Looking forward to it. Great event. I would highly recommend going in the future. Yay! Can't wait. Two, Steel Vengeance. I've kind of gone over this already. Something I haven't really mentioned about Steel Vengeance is I like the area it's settled in. Frontier, Talent Maverick. Um, And then I explained the rest to you. It's a great ride. Yes. On a good day. Great pacing everywhere. Denying Gwazi. It just has everything beat. That's all it is. It's just better. The rest of these coasters have a skill issue, I guess. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, let's move from the goat coaster list to the absolute bottom of the barrel worst of the worst. I mean, we've both got a long list of one and done coasters. Out of all of those one and dones, 
What is your absolute least favorite that you've written? This is all exaggeration, guys. I'm being for real. This is only for people who are truly committed and not afraid to die. <laughs> Blue, Blue Flash could have physically killed me or killed my mom. It's not maintained at all. And it's not open to the public. That's how dangerous this ride is, guys. And it was backfiring as I rode. There were pieces falling off. Yeah. Heck, there was a snap in the track of the loop. Like, there was, like, cut in half. It was, like, a milli-inch cut in half. And you had to move with the ride right, or it was going to seriously hurt you. Yep. And for those of you that may not know the coaster that he's referring to, Blue Flash and Blue 2, those are the John Ivers backyard coasters that were once created in Indiana and very well maintained under the care of John Ivers that they have since been sold and moved to another location. Another thing with Blue Flash that I would have to say, these people at the end, after going through all that torture, they seriously asked me, do you want to ride again? My response, I just went, hell no, I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, Okay, Blue 2 wasn't as bad. It was actually a bit bearable. But it was like when I was going up, everyone was like, uh-oh. My mom's like, don't worry, Jay. Everything's just fine. Yeah, I saw that piece hit the ground. Now, I didn't want you to freak out. So like, yeah. And then I was were, dumb enough to write it after you. There were people there with us, Mark and Natalie. N- Natalie got such high luck on that ride. She was riding it valley through the loop, and we thought it derailed the wheel had a bent and dents in it afterwards. Yeah. And Mark just went around and was like, sorry, guys, I don't think this is the best idea. But yeah, that's how that's how dangerous this ride is. Yes. So now I want to talk about your journey as an enthusiast. Because, okay. you know, we all have a story to tell. No one, I think, really, at least very few people that I've talked to, you know, started out as an enthusiast. Most of us just started riding coasters for fun, you know, one way or another. And then um, slowly but surely, it became a very impactful part of our lives. How did you become an enthusiast? And what coaster made you an enthusiast? How I became an enthusiast? Was at the time I watched Coaster Kids, Coaster Studios. I don't really watch Coaster Studios anymore. But um, I don't really watch Coaster Channels anymore in general either. I'm just someone who's into other stuff. Like, I'm into watching police car chases and all that because I'm just really into that type of stuff. But anyway, what got me into it was watching people that did that for a living at the time. And... It really just showed me what was out there, and I just thought it was so cool of a thing. What got me into it is we started going to music parks. I just started wanting to cock and fierce. I'm like, if people can do this, humans, this I can do this. And that's what really kind of stepped me into being enthused. Because I saw at the time when Coaster Kids was at its prime, I saw that it was really cool. Kids going around doing meetups with other kids. Think about it. 
when you're 13 years old. Think about it. That's such a cool opportunity right there. I just wanted to get in, just kind of see what that was. The coaster that made me an enthusiast, I would have to say, you would think Voyage. No, Diamondback. As much as Diamondback's not, like, my favorite favorite, it really just showed me that I think I definitely have potential. I'm in a passion for it, which I do to this day now. Yep, and Diamondback's the one that made me an enthusiast as well. You know that whole story. Now, let's talk a little more in-depth. And I know this part of our conversation may not be as easy. So please feel free to share as much as you want to share or not share. That's totally up to you. You know, when we first went to that Coaster Kids meetup in 2019, that was the beginning of a life change that unfolded for you over a number of years. Starting with that meetup. Tell me about the impact that overcoming fear and making friends in the coaster community has had on your life. So we're going to take a few steps backwards to when I was younger so y'all can understand of where I got to. And how old were you? Uh, It all started back in the Beginning of first grade in the kindergarten in our last house. When I was very level, y'all talking about rape all the time. Well, y'all may not know this, but I am someone who comes from experience personally. And I'll tell you, it's definitely, you know, it sucks. It really does because it's not good. And whoever rapes people like that, from what I'm about to tell you, deserve justice to be served to them. So what I'm going to say is I didn't really have friends at the time. I really didn't. And I just wanted to hang out with people, but I was a social reject. I was an outcast. And, um, well, these friends I had, I could start to tell they're bad friends. So I would have to say they're about 11 or 12, but what they did was, um, they got my attention and I said, what's up guys. And, this guy, I will not say names, okay? I will not say names because that would be unprofessional. But what I will say is this guy, okay, at this point, very discretion is advised. But this guy pulled out his penis, and um, he just told me to come over there and suck on it. And I said no because, you know, he wants to do that. Like, come on, dude. I don't I'm – I'm a male for crying out loud. I'm not meant to do that ever. That's just something most of us don't even need to do anyways. It's just, it's wrong. Then, his friend, they both pulled out knives, pocket knives. Pretty big one, too. It could kill you. They forced me. They said they were going to kill me. So they made me do it, and I wound up doing it. Because at the time I was young, I didn't want to die. Cause... And then after that, I didn't really cry. I was just traumatized. I didn't know what to think. And then at that point, one day my mom shot me in the car home from school. I told her about it. And then I think it's either that day or the day after Metro Police show up to ask us questions. Kind of question like, what happened, all this. Then later that day, Metro Police drives us over to their house, talking to dad. And the dad is an idiot. He was basically covering up what his kids did. 
But later after that, court happened. Those guys got locked up in juvie for a pretty long time. They're probably out by now or something. Who knows? But anyway. I want you to kind of fast forward a bit now and talk about the effects that that had on you out of elementary school into middle school and how that led you into, you know, that first Coaster Kids meetup. Okay. Well, we're going to we'll start elementary school, of course, because the full story's got to be unveiled. Um, but after that, I went into elementary school. It was like second grade and stuff. It wasn't really that bad at the time. It was just, you know, it was little kid life, you know. I was just trying to make friends. Some people made fun of me. Some people didn't. It was just right in the middle. But when stuff really starts to kind of catch on is third grade. I had sensitive ears. People started making fun of me. Fourth grade in particular, though, was when it started getting bad. Um, people would bully me, try to fight me, make me cry all the time. It was not a good spot, but how I gained respect is at the time I took karate, so for a talent show, I did some karate, and after that, I guess I gained their respect right then and there. But I was not prepared for middle school. I'll tell you right now. Middle school, I think, was the darkest times of my life. And if it tells you anything about middle school, I was on the brink of taking my own life. Sixth grade, I didn't really know how to make friends. So I was one of those people who just acted cool and stuff to make friends. And I got bullied a lot. It was not a good environment. Um, people call me names. I'm going to skip to seventh grade because sixth grade was kind of just all over the place. I will say, though, I did get in, like, one fight because these people were bothering me the whole year. And it just ruined my mind enough to where I'm just like, this. But after that, sixth grade kind of just stopped. And seventh grade, I feel like that was when the darkest times kind of started up. When I went to class, everybody would just consistently not leave me alone. They, they, they would call me names, tell me I'm not worth it to this world, call me names and stuff, tell me I should kill myself. And that's all I got every day. It's like nobody cared for me. It's like I felt like the world didn't want me. I just felt like I didn't belong in the world. Nobody cared for me at all. And that time I was in band, so I thought even they were there for me. Man, I was wrong, but we'll get to that later. It was kind of ridiculous. When we went on my band trip to Gatlinburg, I tried to hang out with people. And even on this field trip to the circus, my mom started to see what I was really dealing with. So she knew right then and there, this is the real game. This ain't fake. This is real. And after that, like, there were people throwing stuff at me, calling me names. It was just, again, nobody wanted my presence. It was just like, they just wanted me off the face of this planet. And I feel like after that, it got so bad, I started becoming a bully myself at one point. That didn't last really long, though, so don't worry. Like, I started picking fights and stuff because I was tired of people doing it, so... Me being a seventh grader, I was like, I need to get the same back if this is going to work. 
And after that, my teacher care a lot about me. My principal care a lot about me. They just talk, they talk some sense into me. So much trauma happened to me. I ain't proud to say this. I'm going to put it out to you. Pornography will ruin your life. It is a bad addiction. Because the stuff got so bad for me at one point. My mom was just like, ooh, what's this with that? I started searching up really bad stuff that could get me in lots of trouble. But it was hard. It was a hard addiction to break. But I was like, look, if I'm going to live a life and if I'm going to have a good life, I need to stop this right now. Because if people find out, they're not going to want nothing to do with me. Y'all might be saying that I'm a, I was a bit of a freak back then. But, y'all, I feel like, honestly, there's not that much people out there like me who are willing to just step up tell the truth because i've always thought if you tell the truth stuff's gonna be better for you and i'm including this in my story because i want this to inspire you all and show you all how bad this really is for you i just don't think it's good for you and yes there's people out there who have unfortunately gotten to the part where it's screwed up their lives and nobody wants to talk to them but me i saw that happen so i knew i knew there had to be some action taken so at one point, I actually wanted to kill myself. I had the opportunity. I had the weapons I needed. Now, we've never owned a gun, so we didn't have a gun. So that's that's not a concern. It was, it's the knives, you know. One day, I stuck the knife out my stomach just thinking, just thinking to myself, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? I wanted to do it, but it's like God was starting to mess with my mental mind to make me wake up. And realize if I do this, it's all for nothing. Not just that, my own parents woke me up and realized my own dad doesn't get that emotional. He got emotional when he found out I wanted to take my own life from me. That's how bad this was. And then after that, stopped it. And one more thing about what my mom said. Most people, I feel like you should just be honest. Don't lie, because when they find out you're lying, that breaks trust and loyalty. I'm so glad that you finally figured that out. I am beyond proud of the fact that you were willing to share all of that with the world. I mean, I knew the story, but I didn't know how much you were willing to share. And I surely did not want to pressure you to share more than you were comfortable sharing I'm a person who goes all in. Remember that. I am proud and inspired beyond anything that words could describe to be your mom and to be sharing this story of yours with whoever is honored to listen. And um, seeing everything that you have overcome in life, just know on a daily basis when things get hard for me, I look back at the hard times you've gone through. And it motivates me to just keep pushing forward and getting better. Now, let's fast forward to that Coaster Kids meetup. This was your life. This is what was happening. I remember very well. You were suicidal a whole nine yards going into that meetup. What impact did that meetup making friends and overcoming fear you know, over the years, looking back down the road, how has that impacted your life? Well, to really know how we got to that meetup and where we got there, because I was on my seventh grade year. My mom didn't really understand at the time like she does now. 
that there was just an entire community out there waiting for us. Because God had a great plan for us. God has a great plan for everybody. I showed her the video of him, of the scheduled meetups, right? So that's what actually, that's a funny story. That's actually how she started an Instagram account. And then she messaged him. She wasn't expecting a response. And surprisingly, he responded. So after that, she took me there. Now, the impact it had on my life. Well, I was nervous because, you know, they're, they were famous at the time. I never met them. I always wanted to meet them at the time. I honestly, I had no confidence. I thought they were going to judge me just like everybody else. I was just so used to always being bullied, you know? And after that, that was my first time I actually met people who were just like me, and it's okay to be like the way I am. And it really just showed me there's good people out there. It showed me a new way. I was just like, what the heck? I've never seen this before. That's when I met Tyler Wanek. And his dad, John, they're they're awesome. They are what showed me that I'm worth more than what I thought I was worth in this world. They are the ones who made that wake up call to me. So Tyler and John, if you're listening to this, y'all make y'all have a bigger impact on me than you think I do. Y'all do. Y'all are definitely an inspiration out there. And it's always nice seeing y'all every summer and spring. Yeah, and it was actually Tyler's dad, John, I've shared this story many times, that brought me out of my shell and got me to want to start talking to people and interacting with adults in the coaster community. And I surely wouldn't be on this podcast or (laughs) anywhere near where I am today had it not been for you and, um, you know, I look forward to our meetups every year. You all have a very special place in our hearts that's not ever going to be filled or replaced by anyone. I don't know if I've ever taken if I've ever taken the time to express that, but there are just not enough words to thank you and your son for what you've done for my family. 100%. Okay, so now I'd like to fast forward a little bit out of middle school and into the high school years as you started maturing. Mm -hmm. What did you see changing for you? I saw that there were more challenges to face, such as there weren't going to be adults there for you all the time. There was eventually I was going to have to start. I was saying it for myself. Now, I'm not going to add too much context to this part, obviously. But I will say, back in my neighborhood, there were some people that were hassling my sister, Lily, trying to jump her. And that really showed me right then and there that I need to start learning how to advocate for myself, adapt to myself. Because this went on for a long time. And I just, I knew I was standing up for myself. But the one thing I was missing was confidence. There was just... There wasn't enough filled. It's like a water. You don't have enough to hydrate, you know? And then I really just, that really taught me. After this all happened, it taught me a lot of what I can work on in as a person in life because it was a really tough time because I thought I was over the bullying, but nope, there's people in our neighborhood bothering us. It was just not a good sight at the time, and that just, as I got older, that taught me that I need to start making change. And so, you know, this whole 
story we're talking about here, overcoming fear, making friends, what kind of changes has that inspired you to make over time? Speaking of change, there is another guy I met along the line that I would really love to mention because I talk to him a lot. Michael Aworth, he's also friends with Tyler Winnick. I met Michael at Indiana Beach in 2020. We didn't really talk much, but how we met was 2020 was my first ever Hollywood Nights. That's like when it the first time ever was for us. We had a call that night, and then Hollywood dies. We really started getting to know and controversial with each other. And then after that, we didn't really talk to 2021. After 2021, we pretty much just been in close contact a lot, just talking to each other. He's actually the person that motivated me to make change. Speaking of change, 2020, I started getting the idea of maybe I should physically start taking care of my body more. I didn't have the courage at the time, but in 2021, I had some bad friends who were doing stuff to some of my other friends and my sister. And that just showed me. I was like, after all these years of this much torture, I'm tired of it. I'm making the change and I'm making it now. Yes. No excuses. All these people out there be like, it's like what they say on the reels. I can't go to the gym. Do it. Just do it. Make your dreams come true. Like, if you want to make the change, you got to have the dedication. Dedication is your key to making it happen. Dedication is like your key to unlocking a door. Um, I started physically working out because I wanted, to, I feel like it would do better for me, which I did. It really did. I started seeing results over time and I wanted to become physically stronger. And it happened, which is why I went all bulk this year because bulks are meant to speed up your muscle growth and your progress anyway after seeing what my goals were i actually wanted to do now on the change i was getting so much confidence like when people were bothering me i stopped getting anxiety and i never thought the day would come but i've gained so much encouragement and confidence i don't know if anybody asked for this or not but i'm just gonna say it so y'all know where i'm coming from here I'm one of those people, I'm not afraid of death, because let me tell you why. I just feel like God will decide how long I can live. That's his decision right there, not mine. I don't have the authority. Thank you for sharing that whole incredible journey that you've come through. And I mean, doing a complete 180 with your life. I mean, say from sitting back and witnessing it firsthand that I would have never thought it was possible. All the success that you've achieved, if you told me back when things were at the worst of the worst that you were going to be the young man that you are today, I would have said, no way. Hell no. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And, you know, seeing how far you've come just has me... Excited isn't even a strong enough word. You too. It's been incredible how much weight you have lost. On the topic of fitness, here's what I really like about us. We are a great duo. That's what they call a two-person team, a duo. That's what yep. they call in video games and everything. Um, so what my mom has helped me with is the nutrition part. She's helped me with yes. the nutrition. 
I've helped her with the physical part, how you can build muscle, all these different exercises. Mm -hmm. Mom, whether you like it or not, I'm besides you losing weight, you're building muscle. I made you. I am your God. Well, and not, I fully credit you for that. And I thank you because without all that muscle, I wouldn't be able to marathon aggressive coasters like I, I can now. I told my mom, said, I told my mom this. After I graduate my senior year, we're getting a gym membership to crunch. I'm going to show you how to use the real equipment, the big I boy equipment. I can't wait to do that. Okay, so now let's fast forward a little bit more to Jay back in 2022. When he turned 16, and, um, you know, one of the big milestones for every person is when they get that first job. And I remember you were really excited to get your first job, and that was being a ride-op at Kentucky Kingdom. What was your experience as a first-year ride-up like at Kentucky Kingdom, and what are some things that you're looking forward to when you return this season? First off, I have to say, it may not mean the best park. It's a work in progress. But truly, once you get to know everybody, it truly feels like a second family over there. Everyone's so nice. The managers are nice. You can relate with everybody. And funny thing, most people I ran into are actually enthusiasts. So they, they knew. They had some knowledge. So I, I wasn't placed in the best zone. I was placed in the kid area. But that's pretty typical with your first year. You know, you got to be experienced to work at the coasters. You got to know what you're doing. Because they rely on you for efficiency and everything. Those dispatches, hopefully we can fix that this year. That's actually been a problem. We need to actually up the amount of time with dispatch. We want the dispatches to be much faster than what they've been. But now my experience, I experienced what it felt like to be in the shoes of someone who has to be professional and understand you always can't make people happy you don't always get what they want there's always something someone's gonna be complaining about when you make one person happy there's always gonna be someone else upset even guests will get mad at you for no reason it's ridiculous there's been a few times i have to deal with disruptive people but all you have to do is stay true to yourself keep confidence if you're just enthusiastic get out the job do what you're supposed to do you'll do just fine I made so many new friends. I'll get some honorable mentions. Catherine, Ethan, and all supervisors. If you're watching this, y'all changed my life a lot. Y'all really showed me that, I, that I'm more needed out there in the world than I thought I did. Now, what I really want in the 2023 season, I've requested this enough. I want to be at Storm Chaser so badly. It's an RMC. I just want to be at a coaster for once. And, you know, I'm just excited for the 2023 season because the 2022 season, it was great getting the experience. But at this point, please put me at a roller coaster. But I'm just, even if I don't, I'm so excited to work with the same people again. It's a great environment. And what is that position you were telling me that you want to apply for when it becomes available? Oh, speaking of positions, back in June of 2022, I got promoted to lead ride operator. Now on to this application thing, they're opening up new positions you can apply for. So what the one position I want to apply for is ride trainer. Why? Um, I just feel like it'll be kind of cool to operate 
but at the same time, you'd be able to teach other people from your experience because it gives you that sense for you're kind of being a mentor and you know you're helping others do the same thing you're doing. It just feels great to help other people out. Well, let me know as soon as that application drops because I feel another proud moment coming on. I knew I was proud when you were hired. Then again, when you became lead right up and something tells me now you're going to be Jay the Ride Trainer very soon. Another thing I was going to say is you, I could still train people technically, but I could still operate. Like I would still not have any more authority than someone above me. It would just, I would have an extra task. It's the okay. difference. But you know, I like that because you know you're helping other people. Yeah, it's fun. I know you enjoy working there very much. Um, so you've talked a lot about coasters, you've mentioned fitness. What are the interests that you have that you enjoy mainly outside of roller coasters and amusement parks? Um I really enjoy fitness. Like my mom said, it's a good sensation of taking care of your body. I focus on lifting weights and I focus on cardio. Those are the main aspects you need. Weights help your muscle build. Cardio helps your endurance and stamina. And are there other activities other than fitness? I really enjoy soccer. I used to play on a team, actually. I've got back okay. to it recently. I really enjoy soccer. It's such a good sport to play. And you mentioned video games earlier. What are some of your favorite video games and stuff you'd like to do on the computer? I, I'll play Fortnite sometimes. Um, I just feel like there's no reason to really, like, actually play it anymore. I actually wanted to go pro in gaming on at some point. I, had, I used to have motivation for it all the time. But I feel like over time, it just... There were so much more bigger opportunities in the way I kind of just dropped it. It became a lost cause. And the game's just getting worse. It's, it's sad because it's really a nostalgic game. So what are the games that you enjoy now? Well, I enjoy Fortnite. Don't get me wrong. This is what I just okay. like. But I enjoy Roblox. So I like playing some roleplay games on there. I'll play roller coaster games from time to time. Now, besides video games, like I like watching movies, like Marvel shows, um, natural disaster movies. Because mm-hmm. I do have a, I do have an obsession for natural disasters and stuff. That's why I'm so into it. And then one thing I'm really into is there's a show called YPD that's not shown anymore. But I like watching like law enforcement shows just get that show like what law enforcement does on the job. It's kind of cool to just see all the stops they have to make, yeah. all the chases they do, mm-hmm. just all the scenarios they have to deal with. And you love listening to music too. I know that because I hear it blasting out of your room all the time. Tell our audience what some of your favorite music is to listen to. Uh, I mainly listen to Def Leppard. I feel like Def Leppard was just, it's just a different for me. I still listen to Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, and Scorpions. I'm not into rap or anything. I just don't find it good. I mean, 90s rap, yeah, it was kind of good. But not 80s rock, it's just... The songs really reflect on life, show you, it really gives you a feeling in life. It really just reflects on certain parts of your life if you've been through a lot. And the music's motivational. Like, it was so. definitely an awesome experience to get to 
see Def Leppard live together for the first time last year. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. So let's fast forward now. We've talked about the Jay that's 17 years old. You're a junior in high school, almost a senior. You're going to graduate next year. And, I mean, you and I, we've talked a lot about, you know, what's going to happen after high school, you know, what the plan's going to be for a transition to adulthood and becoming an independent adult, which for individuals with autism can be challenging. But I feel like you've got a great head on your shoulders and a rock-solid plan in place. Please share with our audience what your plans are after high school. I'll explain I'll actually explain to you what my original plan is because it sounds it was a good plan until I found out a few things. Just yeah. so can I understand why I decided to make the switch. So originally after I'm in a I'm in a career my high school has several career pathways. There's RLTC, so if you want to like join the military, Marine Corp or anything, it kinda it's like it's the intense version for kids. It's basically it's basically boot camp, but, like, not too intense for kids. Like, it kind of just shows you discipline and kind of, like, what it does. And then another pathway, there's law and IT that teaches you about law enforcement. And then the one I take, ag agriculture. So what that's teaching me is about mechanics. Um, how to measure stuff, how to do math, because lately in ag power, I've actually had to deal with a bit of math with shapes and area. But um, I I wanted to do that because I actually did I actually did want to do mechanical maintenance at King's Island. It seemed cool just to climb a left hill. That's not something everybody gets to do. That's not like typically your everyday activity. But I had plans. I still want to live in Mason, Ohio. That's still part of the plan. It hasn't left it because Mason, Ohio seems like a great place for me. King's Island is a home park. Sign me up. Why I found that about it was it just seems like in terms of the full-time job or the pay it's not going to have me financially stable you want something that's going to pay you insurance now i'm bringing on the plan this is where the fun begins um so i've always thought about being in the law, law enforcement either the police department sheriff's department or a state trooper for five years now live pd's been inspired it so congrats to that show for that. Now, when it comes to this, you have to know your stuff because there's jurisdiction and everything and what they deal with. So I decided that I want to do the sheriff's department. Now, here's why. There's reasons. I feel like, first off, it's kind of cool when your jurisdiction's like in the county and some of it's in the city. It's kind of just everywhere and you deal with different stuff. Now, why I want to do this is I'm very physically active. And one thing I've started doing to prepare is I've been doing a lot more cardio every week around my neighborhood jogging, increasing the endurance. And another thing, I want something action-packed. And I'm also, if it comes to a situation, I'm not afraid to die because, you know, that's a given in the job. That's just a nature you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have to deal with people trying to hurt you from time to time. It's just something you deal with. But another thing, 
that I really like about it is it has a great pay. I could be financially stable, and this could be something I could remember the rest of my life. And this isn't just a job. This is just like a military. It's a service. You're serving, but you're not serving your country. You're serving a part, a part of a country, and it's an honor to do it. And I just, I want something that's going to keep giving me a reason to be physically active. Yeah. And also, I have a talent for driving. And they teach you how advanced driving. So I that could really bring up my potential. Because my papa was a really good driver. And I have the genetics of his skill in him. So I feel like if I got that out there on the streets trying to get people, that that gives it that gives it use for the good. Because good, you're fighting for good. And... No reason. I just, I feel like I should just, I want to make the world a better place because I feel like police brutality's gotten bad lately. That's part of the reason why I'm not joining the police department because the difference here is the sheriff's department and state troopers are more strict on who they picked in the police department. And they also have much, they have higher standards of training from what I know. And I just think sheriff's department is a great fit for me. And I just think the overall job would be a great fit for me. Now, if anybody out there is in law enforcement, I'm not an expert, so bear with me here. But if there's anything I'm correct, um, if there's anything I'm incorrect on, feel free to reach out to me and just kind of let me know on some stuff. Because, you know, I'm still trying. I'm a person who's just trying to learn. But I just want to do the sheriff's office at the end of the day. I think it's a cool job. And. I like to drive around a lot, so I think the patrolling aspect is really fun. But that's pretty much my plan. But before I get there, um, so there's this thing in senior year, they have co-op. I'm going to co-op for UPS because they have high pay. And uh, it's going to speed up the time I can take to get my first car. Not just that, move to Mason, Ohio. Now on the specifics, what I'm going to do is I have to be 21 to apply for sheriff's department what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna apply after a while now and i get through the process correctly in eastern kentucky it's the academy i'm probably going to be set there trained after that at least serve here in jefferson county for at least two years and after i get the money move up to mason ohio and then serve in the warren county sheriff's department and then family that's cool but that's pretty much it for that the actual plan now you mentioned co-oping at ups your senior year but you can't be a sheriff until you're 21 are you just gonna do the ups thing your senior year what are you gonna do after you graduate before the age of 21 i'm gonna work with the ups se seasonally so while i work at Kentucky in the summers i'm gonna do ups in the winter it's gonna be seasonal because i Actually, there was a thing at my school today where there were people from different jobs there. And I talked to UPS a little bit, if a little bit that I'm co-oping and how stuff really works. And they said they do seasonal work. Perfect. Sounds like you've got a rock solid plan in place. And of course, you know, I'm going to be with you to support you every step of the way. But I'm going to be... One proud mom at the same time. One lesson, guys, always plan ahead. Yes. Don't wait till the very last moment. Yes, and that's why that's very wise advice coming from a 17-year-old because that took me a long time to figure out myself. 
Okay, so we're down to our last three questions. Our next one, we're going to take a change of pace for a little bit. Okay. I want you to think about your life and the, you know, the impact you're really trying to have on the world and what you want your mark to be. How would you like your family and your friends, you know, and your coworkers to remember you after your life has passed? I was always very passionate. I always did what I thought was right. I was not afraid of much because I'm not afraid of much. That's the truth right there. And I was always there for people when they needed me the most. And I'm very supportive. There's a saying, always be yourself. That's what I think most people want. Just be yourself. Don't be afraid. And that took you a long time to figure out. And I remember there were years, many, many, many years. I prayed for the day that you would quit seeking out acceptance of the world, trying to get everybody to be your friend, doing anything and everything you could to get people to accept you, you know, especially when it wasn't positive people that you were trying to gain acceptance from. I remember telling you, Jay, if everybody's your friend, that's pro- that's a big problem. Because then my, my question is going to be, what are you doing to get those people that are not good people to accept you? Just know that I thank God every day that like you said, found Tyler and Michael. You found the friends that you have. We've found this incredible hobby that's gotten all of that fear out of you. So you no longer cave into fear and do things that you know aren't right. You've got an incredible future ahead of you. It's because you're just that. You're yourself. I told you, God is a fight for everybody. And everything, Michael's the one who inspired me to do all, all this, gain confidence. Like, he, yeah, I saw him working out. I saw it. I was like, I need to do this, you know? And then another thing I like to say, here is the key. If someone's ever trying to harass you, physically threaten you, here is your key to winning. One, remember this. Everybody has a weakness, regardless. It doesn't matter how strong they are. Everybody has a weakness, physically and mentally. Here's one thing you can do to stand up against that. Intimidation is your first step. Show no fear because that's what they want. Because there's some I, – I go to high school. I There's a big mouth in particular that likes to show off to me sometimes. And he's intimidated because I show him the – I don't care because you got to show no fear because that's what's going to make them think, hey, I should leave this guy alone. Just advice for people out there who have to deal with bullying and all that. If you have to stand up for yourself and learn how to physically defend yourself, you never know when you're going to need it. Like me, I practice it. You never know when you're going to need it. I mean, if you're someone that avoids fights, I highly recommend that. But you never know. When that situation is going to come, when you're actually going to have to defend yourself against someone. Training in the police academy or boot camp, they prepare you for the challenges because you never know when it's going to come. Like mom, um, her papal trained her how to be good a good driver. She never knew when the situation of a spinning car would happen. And little did we know, it happened out of nowhere last June. 
You yep. just never know when it's going to happen. It could strike within a blink of an eye. That's a connection I never really made until you brought that up just now, but it's entirely true. We were in quite a substantial car accident last June. I was driving about 80 miles an hour and struck twice, spun in the middle of Interstate 71 by a lady who had a front driver's side blowout. And um, yeah, all of that training and I guess fearlessness came back yeah, all in the that, blink of an eye. All and, that training for one moment. Yes, and it is the moment that saved our lives. And yeah. I'm very thankful for that. Even the officer said most people don't walk out of stuff like that. And then I actually got my driver's permit at the beginning of December. Ever since I've been learning how to drive, I have a huge gifted talent skill for driving. Because it tells you anything on day one, I was already driving on regular roads with regular traffic home. But this actually happened one time. Speaking of car crashes, I like to relate to this. There's actually one I was with my dad we got in ourselves. And that really tested what I was really capable of. And I had I gained control of the car. The guy was about to T-bone us. And mm -hmm. I turned it really quickly to miss. And it actually the car only actually almost missed us. It like slightly bumped us. Yep. And no one no one was hurt. That was the great part. The cops did not have to be caught or anything. We got everything figured out with the insurance companies and everything. And it was okay. And and you got right back in that car the very next day and kept on driving and you're doing great. And, and it didn't scare <laughs> me at all, to be honest. You've been on the expressway. You've been across the river. You've been here, there, and everywhere. You've oh, yeah. I've also be, crossed state line like once. You're going to be more than ready for that road test come sure. June. Yeah, before you know it, I'm going to be driving us in our road trips. <laughs> when I'm ready for that. Okay, well, you need to get your anxiety figured out. Uh, yeah, that's another that's another form of fear facing I'm working on. Be so brave you, challenge. Yes, that'll be my next be brave challenge. Riding on a road trip. With it's Jay. a road trip to Kings Island. Okay, so you've pretty much answered my next question, which was going to be about the advice you would give to our listeners. You gave great advice that I'm sure will help many people who are listening. So that's going to bring us to our final question. And it's for our listeners. If they would like to reach out to you, learn more about you or make contact, where can they find you on social media? So about social media, if you want to ever find me, I have Facebook. My name is Jay Dykes. You can get me on there. I have Snap as well. My Snap is J, all lowercase, J-Y underscore 32595. And on Instagram, my name is Jay Dykes, all lowercase, all together with one underscore. And that's where you can find me. And I have one more quote I would love to give to the audience just for you to look. If you ever want to do anything in your life and you think and you have passion for it, go for it. Because if you have passion for and dedication, you'll make it at the end of the day. Just go for it. Don't be afraid. Just live your life to the fullest. That's how you live it. Don't don't be these grumpy office ladies that that are earn like that go to work every day. Have to fill up paperwork going, Oh my god, where's my cup of coffee? Don't be like that. Live your life to the fullest.
It's like I've told people so many times. I'm 47 years old, and I, I feel like this part of my life is just getting started and getting better by the day. And, um, you know, talking about advice, my advice to you, Jay, you were talking about the fact, you know, that you're always willing to learn. Keep learning throughout your life. That's one thing I try to do is, you know, learn something every day. Keep learning from my own mistakes. Learn from other people's experiences and get better. And for the love of God, do not be an old stick in the mud. I see like what Jay's talking about. Right. Some of these people my age, even younger sometimes, and like all they do is complain all day, every day. They're just not happy people. And it's toxic. It's contagious. No one around them is happy either. And, you know, used to, I kind of, I don't know if I fear getting older or what, but now I'm just in the mode of I'm embracing it. And I'm like, bring it on. Cause I'm going to go out with a bang. Yeah, for real. <laughs> now, one way or another. I have one message to get out to the coast community. I did make a post and I am not really, I'm not, I'm still like enjoy coasters. I'd be considered an enthusiast because I've encountered everything. But I'm not that involved in, like, the main coaster community anymore for this particular reason. Now, please bear with me. This is just what I've seen, and I feel like we should grow. Too many people like to do cancel culture, and it feels like too many people just want to attack each other for no reason. What we need to really do is wake up, take a look at ourselves in the mirror, and realize what we can do better on. Because it seems like some of us in the in our modern society today don't want to take accountability. And that's why the coastal community has really fell off. And I just think we should definitely start to spread a more positive message saying, this should be the community you join. Feel free. Okay. And on that last bit of advice, I would like to say thank you so much. For sharing your story with the world. I knew it, but I felt like the world needed to hear it. And your interview, Jay, is going to have a huge impact. So thank you for sharing and being a guest on our podcast. It was an honor. No problem. The privilege was all mine. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. All at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.